Hello friends and welcome back to the All Things New podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. I hope that you've been having a wonderful week so far. And yeah, let's get right into it. So today's episode is titled, One of the Biggest Lies That Purity Culture Has Taught Us. Now, what is this lie, you may ask? The lie is that purity and virginity are the same or interchangeable. And I understand where this comes from, but purity is not the same as virginity. Virginity is not the same as purity. And there is overlap, but they're not the same thing. Are they related? Sure, yes, but they're not the same. And I think that in a lot of purity culture talk, they've been used interchangeably. And I remember being like a teenager and hearing like sermons or people talk, you know, regarding purity culture, and they would be using these terms interchangeably, like talking, like they would refer to virginity as purity um, and vice versa. And I always thought that was weird because... I knew what the Bible said, talking about being pure and how it was not always talking about like virginity. Um, And so I wanted to talk a little bit about this today, just about um, the differences between the two, but also the similarities in how we can have a proper mindset regarding purity as um, children of God that are walking with him. So the first point, an important point that I want to make is that purity is about your heart, not your body. Again, is there a connection? Yes, because as humans, we are mind, body, spirit. It's all the things, right? It's not just one thing or the other. We are multifaceted. And so, you know, having a pure heart will affect our actions, but the whole idea of purity pursuing purity is not about abstaining from something particular now if we have pure hearts will we abstain from certain things absolutely absolutely because if we walk with the lord and you know start becoming sanctified he will purify our hearts and our actions will be refined to be honoring to him because we'll you know he's changing us to make us more like him But if you come from the perspective of thinking, okay, I have to be pure, so I can't do this, this, and that, and I have to stop doing this, it's like, it's not the right mindset to be coming from. It's more of like a legalistic mindset of like, okay, I have to follow these rules and check these boxes, when in reality, pursuing purity is about pursuing Jesus, because as we walk with him, as we pursue him, we will become more like him. In that process of sanctification, we will become more pure because we are being refined and changed by the Spirit of God. He's doing a work in our hearts. One of my favorite verses from Psalms, it comes from Psalm 51, verse 10, and it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit, within me. This is a huge piece of sanctification, of knowing the Lord, of walking with him. It's, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Give me a new heart and renew a right spirit within me. This is a prayer that we should pray regularly. 
not just when we first receive the Lord and receive salvation, but it should be a prayer that we pray consistently throughout our lives, again, because sanctification is lifelong. It's not just one moment. It takes our entire lives because we have a sinful nature and we are imperfect and we have flaws and in our, you know, in our, in our humanity, we are fallen because of the fall, because of sin's entrance into the world. And because of that, we must go through this long process of becoming more like Jesus, sanctified. And it's a beautiful and also challenging process because you have to say no to many things and deny our flesh. However, ultimately, it's a beautiful process because you begin to look more like Jesus. And the point isn't to check boxes. The point is to walk with the Lord. And if we surrender to him, if we walk with him, he will do the rest, which is a beautiful thing. And also, it's relieving because there's not that pressure of us having to do, like having to change our hearts. Because we can't. We need the Lord. We need God to be good and holy. Um, we can't do that on our own. So purity is about your heart, about something changing inside of you, about there being a change, a shift internally with external effects. So as there is change occurring in our hearts, there will be change in our behaviors, in our actions, in our thought patterns. But the the origin of the things changing is in our hearts. So it starts in our hearts and that's only done by the Spirit of the Lord, by walking with him. We cannot make ourselves holy. It's just not possible. We need God to do it. And so sanctification is this beautiful process of life. And we become more pure through sanctification. We don't become pure by, you know, our own efforts. Because, again, we cannot. It's not possible. One of my favorite verses that I've talked a lot of, um, I've spoken of quite a bit, on the podcast, but it's Isaiah chapter one, verse 18. And it says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. So this is the Lord. He's saying, I will make them as white as snow. I will make them as white as wool. It's his doing. We don't have the power to do so. We don't have the power to cleanse ourselves. He has to do it. And he does it willingly, which is beautiful, but we must turn to him and repent of our sin and he will do the rest, which again, I'm so grateful that he does what we cannot. Like we have this peace, like our part is to turn to him, to look to him, to acknowledge our sin, to repent. And then he does the sanctification. He does the other works within us. We have to respond to what he's doing. You can't just sit idly by and, and have, um, like this faith without works because faith without works is dead, but it's a response. Our actions are a response to the work that he's doing within us. I've got quite a few verses here that I'm going to read that are related to purity and they're so good. But a point that I want to make here is that when the Bible talks about purity, it's not just referring to like 
sexual purity. Like that's the point is our hearts. And the thing is too, it's that you could be a virgin and not be pure because of the things you are consuming, because of the thoughts you are um, dwelling on. It could be such a variety of different things, but the point is that if we are putting these defiling things into us, that is not pure. You're corrupting yourself because you're putting things into yourself that are not good. Um, And on the other hand, you could not be a virgin and be pure because you could be dwelling on the good things that the Lord would like us to. Like it says in Philippians 4, 8 through 9, it says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So it's like, think on these good things, the things of God. You could not be a virgin and think on these things and you are pure. And again, on the flip side, if you are a virgin, that doesn't mean you're automatically pure because you could be thinking the opposite of these things. So purity is an internal thing. It's internal. Of course, like there is a link to sexual purity because the Bible talks a lot about um, pursuing sexual integrity or like not, you're like fleeing sexual morality. Um, and that is related to purity to a certain extent, but it is not the same thing. They're related, but they're not the same. Titus chapter 1 verses 15 through 16 say, Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. This is some pretty strong language here, but it's this is really really important. Everything's pure to those whose hearts are whose hearts are pure. If you're thinking on pure things, that's how you're going to see many things. But to those whose hearts are corrupt, nothing is pure to them, and that's like that's an um, that's a fruit of what's going on in your heart. It's it's a manifestation of what's going on internally. If you are pure in the inside, inside of your heart, things will manifest that way. Like you will see things more pure. You will also think on things that are more pure. But if you are corrupt inside, you will pervert everything. You will not see things as pure. You will not think on things that are pure. This is all about what's in your heart. What's in your heart will affect what you think, what you do, how you respond. This is like why the Bible talks so much about our hearts, talks about our heart position. What is our heart doing? And, you know, King David writes a lot about this in the Psalms. But in the verse that I had just read, Psalm 51:10, create in me a clean heart. 
the most important thing is what is in the heart. And even it talks about like, um, I believe it's when David's being anointed, the Bible says, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Is that word appearance? Like, you know, it's a good thing. You should take care of yourself, please. <laughs> please take care of yourself. Be a good steward of your body. But the Lord is more concerned with what's going on internally inside of you, in your heart, in your spirit. There are also a lot of really great verses in First and Second Timothy regarding purity and like lifestyle. I love it. So good. But I'm going to read from Second Timothy verse or chapter two, verse 22. And it says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. There are a lot of really cool aspects of this verse, this passage here. So it says to run for anything that stimulates youthful lusts, run away from sin. And it says, you know, several times in the New Testament, like flee sexual morality, flee these things, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts instead. And it's not like run from this and, you know, don't replace it with anything. Run from these youthful lusts. Run from anything that stimulates. Like, I love that because it's like a preventive thing. It's like run from anything that might, you know, convince or might tempt you. Like, don't even get close to the boundary line. I love it. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. So instead of being, you know, chasing youthful lusts, we should be pursuing righteous living and holiness through Jesus as we walk with him. And then I love what it says at the end of this passage. It says, to enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. It is really important who you spend your time with, who you surround yourself with. Are you surrounded by people with pure hearts? Or are you surrounded with people with corrupt hearts? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't evangelize and, and you know, minister and, you know, preach the gospel to others around you that are non-believers, but you should be surrounding yourself. You should be in companionship with those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Who you surround yourself with is is going to determine a lot of the course of your life like if you're around people who are making bad decisions ultimately you're going to be influenced to make bad decisions but if you're around those who are loving the lord or walking with him you're going to most likely follow along the same pattern it's really really important who you're around it's important that those who you're around are pursuing righteousness not that they're you know like and of course a lot of people call themselves christians but be around those who pursue righteousness not around people who listen to bad music obviously like again it's good to be around those who are non-christians because we need to be the salt and light but we should also place boundaries there there are certain things that we should just not take part in because you know we're wanting again to pursue righteous living right but it's important to like just pay attention to the people you surround yourself with the things you listen to the things you watch when you're around these people i remember there was 
um, like a young adults event or something at my church. And um, there was like a movie or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was so funny because <laughs> there was like um, a scene or something and it wasn't like explicit, but it was enough to be like, all right, let's turn this off. And it wasn't like, and you know, I've been in different circles where things that were um, implying sexuality or something um it was like oh that's so funny whatever but then I've been in environments where it's like oh okay we gotta turn this off and I'm like I love being in those environments where people are like okay let's turn this off because it's not good it's not edifying and I love that because we should be living in a way that's pure and again like this verse in second Timothy says run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts just anything that's even close, just get away from it, stay away. So I love that so much. It's really important who we surround ourselves with. The next verse I like to read comes from 1 Timothy, and it is chapter 1, verse 5, and it says, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Again, pure heart. The only way to have a pure heart is to walk with the Lord and to be sanctified by him. That's the only way we can't do it ourselves. So how do you have a pure heart? Spend time with the Lord, spend time in his presence, and also be surrounded by those believers who are going to edify you, who know what's right and who want to make decisions that are righteous, decisions that honor the Lord, and decisions that are um fleeing from those youthful lusts or fleeing from sin. It's important to be around people who are going to edify you. And I like to read a little bit um, from 1 Thessalonians 4 um, and verses 1 through 8. Now this passage is tying into um, a little bit more of the like sexual, um, like the relation of sexuality and sexual purity to the concept of purity um but the majority of the verses in the bible talking about purity are related to the heart and again there is a you know there's a relation between purity and sexuality but they're not the same they're related but they're not exactly the same so I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 1 through 8 and I love the title here it says live to please god Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You will live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. I love that. It's like you already live in this way, but do it more. Like keep going, keep pursuing a w like the way that pleases the Lord. Verse two, for you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly, solemnly warned you before. Verse 7, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not 
disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So in this passage, Paul is specifically talking about like sexual impurity and sexual sin. And he talks about this, like God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from sexual sin. This is one aspect of purity, but again, in order to have a pure heart and like, if you have a pure heart, you will avoid sexual sin. Um, and of course everyone makes mistakes, but if we have a pure heart, a heart that's turned toward the Lord, a heart that's transformed, we won't want to sin. Like if you walk with the Lord, sin is like, why would I do that? Right? Like we, the closer you get to the Lord, the less appeal sin has because as you behold the beauty of jesus there's like you know what's the point of sin like why would i want to do that like it feels gross it feels icky literally as you become more pure by the lord the smallest bit of sin will feel disgusting and icky and it's like i want nothing to do with this and that's the point the point here is having a heart transformed by the lord and once we go through this transformation, which again is lifelong, but the more we spend time with the Lord, the more we get to know him, the less we're going to even want to see or look at sin or have anything to do with it or be in proximity to it. So the closer we become to Jesus, the less we're going to want sin. And that's a lot of the point here of sanctification. It's like when we know the Lord, we're going to turn from sin because why would I want sin that's disgusting and gross and makes me feel horrible inside when I can have Jesus and have just peace and joy and freedom from sin? Sin sometimes seems fun and feels fun, but it it binds us and it chips away at us. But as we walk with the Lord, He's just renewing us, renewing us again and again and again. And it's the exact opposite of what happens when we sin. We're corrupted and we're, you know, things are chipped away from us and we're becoming more broken. But no, as we walk with Jesus, it's the exact opposite. He is filling us with his goodness, his spirit, and renewing us over and over again. I've got two more passages to read. Um, the next I'm going to read comes from Hebrews, and it is chapter 10, verses 21 through 22, which says, And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. That's amazing and beautiful. I, I'm so grateful for this. But it's again talking about how he makes us clean. It's not by our own doing, but literally by God's grace and mercy. We have a high priest because our high priest, Jesus, sacrifice his life for us we can be pure we can we can be as white as snow we can be pure and washed and clean and it's only by him and it's the work that's done inside of us that has 
effects that are physical and visible, but the change has to first happen internally. The last verse I like to read actually comes from the Old Testament, but I love it. It's from Psalms chapter 119, and I'm going to read verses 9 through 11, which say, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I love this passage so much, but it's a really important passage to remember because it has, you know, it opens with this question, how can a young person stay pure? And the answer, very simple. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's a simple answer, but it's to execute it. It's, you know, it, you, you need you need Jesus to do it. But anyways, it says, by obeying your word. So how do we stay pure? By being obedient to the Lord by being obedient to his word, by walking with him. And one of the last parts here, the last, um, in verse 11, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's so important to have the word of God written on our hearts that we may know it, remember it, and that we may live by it, that we may obey his word so that we may not sin against him. And again, it comes, it relates to having a relationship with the Lord. The closer we are to him, the further we want to be from sin. We want to run from it, not because you're like, okay, I have to check this box, got to run from sin. No, it's because you love the Lord so much that you want nothing to do with sin because it's, it's a horrible thing that corrupts you. And so having the Lord's word written on our hearts is so important and you know what the bible means by this is is having meditated on it knowing what the word says how can we like have his word hidden in our hearts if we don't even know what it says this is one of many reasons why it's so important to read the word of god so that we may know what it says that we may obey it that we may have it written on our hearts and that it begins to transform us. We have to have the Lord's spirit and we have to have his word together. It's not just like one apart from the other. Uh, we need the, the word of God to know what the Lord is saying, to know the truth, but we need the spirit of God to interpret it correctly and to allow it to transform us from the inside out, so to allow those living words to transform our hearts. And with that inward transformation, the external changes will be evident. We will walk differently, talk differently, behave differently. And that's the point. It's this sanctification, this purification, this refinement that happens with walking with God. So ultimately, my point of this episode is that purity and virginity are not the same. They are related, but they're not the same. Purity is not something that is lost on your wedding night when you lose your virginity. That's not the point. The point isn't that your purity is suddenly lost. In Ephesians 5, it talks about like the husband and the wife and um, this the spirit-guided relationships. And it says, I'm just going to read that. I didn't plan on reading this, but um, it's super important here. Um, it says in verse 21 of Ephesians 5, Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, for so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. 
For husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. This picture of a marriage is, you know, marriage is God's picture for us of Christ's relationship with the church, his bride. And he says um, in verse 25, he says, well, in verse 26, it says, he makes her holy and clean. Washed by what? Washed by the word of the Lord. Holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. This goes back to that verse in Psalm 119. We are cleansed and washed by the Lord. And it's not this moment of like, you're not pure anymore. And I don't think the point like of purity culture is to say that, you know, like you're not pure anymore after you lose your virginity. (laughs) But the point that I'm trying to make here is that purity is a lifelong thing that happens as we walk with the Lord. We become refined um, as we walk with him and he makes us look more like him so that we may reflect him and he's holy he's pure he's perfect and as we walk with him we will become more like him so purity is a lifelong thing that we are pursuing and it's not like i have to be pure i have to check these boxes no it's as we walk with god he will purify us because that's what he does that's what he does he cleanses us he makes us clean and new and presents to himself a bride, a glorious church, it says in Ephesians, without spot or wrinkle or blemish, holy and without fault, that can only be attained through him. We can't do that ourselves. So, again, I don't think that the point of purity culture was to say that, like, they're the same, but at the same time, there were some ideas that purity culture has taught that are kind of like, they, like, make them the same thing and it's it can be very confusing and i think that it's also caused a lot of people to feel shame for example if they did have sex before marriage or they slept with someone and they had an accident or even if there was some sort of sexual assault situation that happened and then that person who is a victim feels great i'm dirty because this happened and it's it's so much bigger than than that it's 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 your heart and of course there is an aspect of sexual purity that's important i'm not saying that it's not it is very important and it's talked about in the word of god several times about sexual integrity but we are made pure by god and god alone and that's it like purity is not something that is suddenly taken away from you if you're walking with the lord no it is built it grows through relationship with the lord so that's all i have for today i hope that it was edifying and that it made sense i know it was rambling a little bit here and there but 
you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this because purity culture has um, taught many ideas that are not biblical and that are harmful. Like, really, there's a lot of um, ideas that purity culture has taught that are so harmful to so many people. And they've caused people to walk in so much shame and guilt and to, you know, lose the whole point of purity. The point isn't just to, like, be you know, sexually chaste until marriage. It's deeper than that. It's, it's what about your heart? What's inside your heart? And it's, again, it's not a thing that you just lose. You don't lose your purity as soon as you have sex. Like you build purity as you walk with the Lord. That's how we become more pure by walking with Jesus. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in for another episode. I hope that y'all have a wonderful week. If you haven't already given a rating or review, I would very much appreciate that. Um, I also appreciate a share if you know of somebody who could use this message. But yeah, thanks again for tuning in. I hope y'all have a wonderful week and I'll talk to y'all in the next one. Ciao.